the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's called The Promise. That's the title of our series. As we begin today's edition of Truth For Today, we do so in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, The Promise. was the day after Christmas, and here on the show, Pastor Phil was preaching Christ all aglow. The promise was sent, God's promise fulfilled. Let's talk about that next, and let your hearts be thrilled. <laughs> Welcome to Truth For Today, the day after Christmas, and we begin a brand new series that goes hand in hand with the series we just left off with and the holiday we celebrate. It's simply called The Promise. We're in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Let's take a look at that promise together, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We look at Genesis 3. Let me set it up for you. Everything's going along perfect. We've got a perfect man, a perfect woman, a perfect environment, no TV, and uh, no media. Everything's perfect. And uh, the only voices in the garden was Adam and Eve to one another and the voice of God. And all of a sudden, another voice appears in the garden, one neither one had ever heard. And uh, in that plot, the serpent, who obviously was a walking creature up to that time, a creature that didn't scare you, a creature that didn't catch anybody off guard uh, because he just shows up. The curse puts him crawling and biting the dirt. So that wasn't his original stance. Probably walked in there, however that was. And they, they don't say, ooh, I'm scared. None of that. None of that's going on. This is later. And so he sneaks up to Eve and he plants this thought you ought to go ahead and do what God forbid and increase your knowledge. Increase your knowledge of good and evil. God said, I don't want you to increase your knowledge. They said, no, no. Uh, the serpent has made this object appealing. Now, inside that serpent, we'll find out Satan is using the body of a physical creature, using that body. And he's eventually called the dragon, the serpent in Revelation so, in this, he gets the woman, uh, and he deceives her. Now, she was not deceivable before. She didn't lack IQ. She didn't lack spirituality any more than Adam. She was whole. But she bought this scheme that appealed to her, and she reaches out but she was not willing to reach out by herself. She used her beautiful influence, her beauty, her perfection, to talk her husband 
into doing it. Now, I want to say as a man, why were you so gullible? Why didn't you rescue her? But the narrative says, and New Testament confirms, she was thoroughly deceived in the fall. And so Adam, he follows through a sin. So in the context of Genesis 15, God is visiting them with judgment. Verse 14, he judges the animal, the serpent. You're going to have to crawl and eat dirt from now on. You're going to be a dirt crawler. In verse 15 is the first gospel, the first promise in all of Scripture. While they're being uh, notified, they're going to be kicked out of Eden. They're going to be in exile from God. And he's going to tell them other limitations. In the middle of this, he says, I'm going to put enmity, this is interesting, between you and the woman, talking about the serpent, Satan. That instead of Satan winning an ally in the woman, there would be enmity between her and the serpent. And between your offspring, it's really translated seed, but it stands for offspring, uh, your heritage. And between your offspring and hers, Eve is going to give birth to a posterity that will be at odds with you, Satan, for you're going to give birth to a posterity. And over here, there will be a godly line of people that will believe God. And in this line, eventually, the specific descendant, the Christ, will come. And he's going to crush your head, Satan. Serpent Satan. But in doing so, his own heel is going to be bruised. It's going to cost him something to judge Satan. And so, he sets this up, that this is going to take place, that this animosity, and it's interesting, the original, we're talking about the seed. Neither Satan has a seed, nor the woman. That comes from the man. Satan, the spirit being, has no seed. But in your heirs to come, Satan will give birth to people that he says in John 8, 44, You are of your father, the devil. So there's a whole race of people in antagonism to God and in antagonism towards the Christ and those who are the descendants of the children of faith. Then he goes on to say in this exile, I'm going to do something in your husband-wife, male-female relationships. Verse 16, I'm going to multiply your pain in childbearing. I had a guy come in the early days of this church, and he had a new method that said women are not to be suffering pain in childbearing. That was a part of the old fall, and that women in Christ should not have this. I told him he had come too late for my wife, and that he was full of smoke. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. It would be this way. The word desire is only used two other places in Scripture. Song of Solomon of sexual desire. You shall have a passionate desire for your husband. 
But the closest reference to it is Genesis 4. And in Genesis 4, he says to Cain, Watch out, for sin is at the door, and its desire is for you. The idea there is it desires to dominate you. Domination. So here we see the battle between the sexes. Eve, you're going to have strong desire towards your husband, but it will once again have the kind of authority you had at the beginning that seemed to be total equality. You're going to seek to dominate him. And instead, he shall rule over you, and the idea is harshly rule. Harshly rule. So, think of this plight from the beginning. Adam and Eve are put outside the garden. Cherubim guard access to the tree of life. And here they're put out there. It says Adam lives to be 930 years of age. 930 years of age. Now, I want you to think of what this was like. Think if you were a woman. For let's say at least 800 years. That if she lived as long as Adam. See, Adam was probably alive when Noah was building the ark. Guess what Eve heard for over 900 years? The reason we're in this mess is because of you. <laughs> How would you like that? Every time, you know what? We had a nice home to live in before you got to talking to me. And sprayed on that midnight in Eden perfume, and I did whatever you wanted. It's your fault. And imagine her kids growing up. What after the killing of Abel and Cain, then Seth? Can you imagine every year if they even celebrated paradise, it would be rehearsed, and she was reminded forever, we're in this mess because of you. And men have never forgiven her. Nope, nope. The only place women are valued is usually where Christ has brought his message. Go east if you want from Jerusalem. Go where the gospel has not gone. She's sold. She's pimped. She's good for sex. She's good to have babies. She's good to do physical work. But no say, beat up, abused, hated. Women are a hated species of the race. You understand that? You women will never be treated like God intended until somebody softens the curse, and that only comes in Christ, where he tells a man, cherish this woman, nourish this woman. And by the way, if anybody's to sacrifice himself in the marriage, I want you men, you do the sacrificing. Not blaming, sacrifice. Every woman on the globe ought to embrace Jesus to get their dignity and worth back. He does more for women than any woman has ever done. He dignified, but she's blamed. She's blamed. But just think, 900 years she's going along. How will we ever get paradise back? How will we ever reverse the mess that I helped create? Adam reminds me every anniversary, you're to blame. You're to blame. Every time a baby screams, I'm reminded when I could have had a baby without any childbearing pain. I remember how it used to be. 
Now I'm getting old. My energy's subsiding. Children are crying. Boys are being buried. It's nothing like what it started out to be. What's going to get me through the centuries? A promise. A promise. Genesis 3.15. I am going to bring a descendant of yours that will rescue you from everything you unleashed. I'm going to bring someone in the future. Now, let's follow the promise that sometimes becomes called the seed. Okay, let's watch this now. Watch the Bible. Here, they're exiled. Genesis 4. Cain kills Abel. Chapter 5, we finally have another godly son named Seth. By five chapters of the Bible, in chapter 6, God said, I'm sick of the human race. I repent that I ever made man and woman. I'm going to kill them all. Could you imagine? We're only five chapters. San Francisco's never started. New York hasn't started. Paris hasn't started. London. Just five chapters of human history, and God says, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Everything they think about is evil. Every thought and intent of their heart What will I do? I'm going to wipe you out. I'm going to leave eight people on the face of the earth because Noah found favor in the sight of God. Genesis 6. 6 through 9, the flood. Everything's devastated. We start all over again after that. And they come out. And what do they do? The nations are enumerated in chapter 10. Chapter 11, uh, God has told them they should scatter. What do they do? They gather. And they gather to build the Tower of Babel. They're going to build a ziggurat to heaven. We're going to get to heaven on our own. What does God do? He confuses the languages, and we haven't been understanding each other since. We've been talking, but nobody understands us. Communication, communication. We hear it in this church. You don't communicate enough. You don't communicate. Well, you and the husband, you're communicating. You still don't understand each other. We're in a mess when it comes to communication. I thought you said what I thought you meant. I heard you say, what's, what's your problem? We're both speaking English. No, no, you said a lot more than your vocabulary. I read your body. Well, come on. We're in a mess. What does God do? The promise has died. It seemed eight people on the face of the earth. Chapter 12. God looks up a man down in the city of Ur will become Babylon. And according to Joshua, he was a moon worshiper. And I imagine one day he's worshiping this moon god. And all of a sudden a voice speaks to him. Abram. Abram. Get up. Get your belongings and go to a land that I will show you. And I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a great name. And I want to give you a descendant that will bless the nations. I'm going to give you the promise. It's going to be tied up in your loins and your offspring. So we trace that out. Pretty soon it's not just Abram. 
pretty soon you've got Isaac, then it's passed down to Jacob, then Genesis 49, it's passed down to Judah, and then 2 Samuel 7, it's passed down to David. David, you shall have an heir that shall sit on your throne forever. The promise is in the line. Now, I want you to note something. There's two arch enemies of Satan. The woman, because he knows that through her, his demise has been pronounced, and two, the nation of Israel. People insanely hate Israel. The whole Arab world has said hundreds of times, thousands of times, if we ever get the advantage, we will drive every Jew into the Mediterranean because we hate them. We can't negotiate with them. We hate them. Why? Satan has put a divine anti-Semitic hate in the Gentile world because the Messiah is going to come through that nation. Let's hate the woman because it's going to be a child without a human sperm. I'm going to use a woman. I'm not going to use you, Adam. The men didn't solve the problem. I'm going to take the woman, the one that's been blamed and blamed and blamed. I'm going to use you, woman, to bring the seed, the promise that shall rescue the whole race from the curse. And then I'm going to do it through you, Abram, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David. And when he comes to Mary, he said, I'm going to give you a child, Mary, and this child shall sit on the throne of David forever. The promise. Well, you read in Luke 1, the fulfillment of Isaiah 7:14, a young maiden, a young virgin. She shall bear a child, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And you read in Luke 1, when God comes to Mary and says, I'm going to do this thing in you. She said, Lord, maybe you don't know anatomy. I'm a virgin. Virgins don't have babies. God told her, said, with me, Mary, nothing's impossible. And he said, then the power of the most high overshadowed her and came on her body, and this is what happened. She had a human ovum. She had, she's going to supply the humanity part of Jesus, and she's going to supply the physical connection back to David. Joseph, the adoptive father, he has the legal right. He goes back to Solomon too. So Mary's related to Solomon and David, but she's the physical connection. And you've got over here Joseph. You get the legal right to the throne through my side. And what is the Holy Spirit going to do? He comes down on this girl that's probably 14. And he provides the male counterpart of a pregnancy. This thing which is conceived of you, Mary, is from the Holy Spirit. He's going to manipulate the ovum so as to create a real pregnancy, and the baby is going to really grow in your uterus. The baby's going to really kick you. The baby is going to have real diapers. The baby's going to nurse your breast. 
And the baby on your breast will be the Son of God. The infinite will become an infant. The eternal above it all will stoop all the way to Bethlehem. So you're going to give birth to the promise. You're the one that bears this promised seed that's a brain, the defeat. Well, when they little baby's growing up and they want to go to the temple and acknowledge God's blessing for every child that opened the womb the first time for a child, you were to go to the temple, make a sacrifice. They were so poor, they, they only had turtle doves. And when they went there to the temple in chapter 2 of Luke, Simeon, an old man that had been ministering at the temple for years, had been shown by the Holy Spirit, you will not die until the promise shows up. You will not die until God's Messiah you get to see. And so they bring the baby boy. It's just another day around there. He's, he's going through these uh, ceremonies all day, and all of a sudden Mary and Joseph show up and said, here, we want to bless God and, and dedicate our boy to God. Here he is. And when he saw the baby, he saw more than a baby. He saw the promise. He said, I see the consolation of Israel. I see the Messiah. And of so many Christmas plays we've done here, we hold this baby up. I almost could see Randy holding the baby up. He said, hey, I can now depart in peace. I can now die. God's kept his word to me. I saw the promise. I lived long enough to see the promise of Genesis 3.15 show up. Well, he did. And he began to praise God and said, He's come for a light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. And this is Mary. Beware, this baby's going to cause you much pain. Much pain. Prophesize over her. Well, the pain that he promised was fulfilled at the cross. And Isaiah described it as the place where the heel of the seed was bruised. And Isaiah said, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was laid upon him. Isaiah 53.10 said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to make his soul an offering for sin. Guess what? The seed of the woman finally came to do the devil his due, but it cost him his life. The bruising of him brought death. The thing Satan hadn't counted on is that he could come back from the dead and finish up on the devil. That you might grow in Christ and find encouragement in the day-to-day lives that we lead as believers in Christ. It is a challenge to live in a dead and dying world, is it not? Especially knowing heaven awaits us. So it is a delight to be able to come to you on a daily basis and provide you with this encouragement from God's Word as we teach and train and, and preach the gospel of Christ for the glory of God and your good. This is Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard, taking us to God's Word that we might be mutually edified in grace. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe you would like to hear the program again. We have a couple of ways that you can reach us. 
The easiest, of course, is our phone number, 855-833-9864. If you would rather visit our website and work through the website, you can do so, truthfortodayradio.org. A lot of resource materials available there besides our podcasts. You'll also take advantage of the many other resources, books, and materials. It's all at truthfortodayradio.org. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is our zip code. Oh, and by the way, as you come alongside Truth For Today in a financial way, for a gift of $10 or more, we'll send you Pastor Phil Howard's book called Jesus Christ, The Revealer of God. Now, this is an amazing book, a book that takes a look at Christ and how he does, in fact, reveal God in every aspect of his life. Again, this book is yours for a gift of $10 or more when you support the ministry Truth For Today. Simply call or stop by our website and pay us a visit there and order your copy. Again, for a gift of $10 or more as you support Truth For Today. Here's that phone number once again, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And our website, you can securely give a donation there as well, truthfortodayradio.org. And then we would also invite you to join us for worship. If you're not involved in a fellowship near you, consider this an official invitation to join us here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. For directions and information, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, call 855-833-9864. And then would you please mention that you were invited by the radio broadcast to one of our ushers. It would mean a great deal to us. Whether you visit us in person or simply stop by our website or listen to us here on the radio, we hope to see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.